This show is brought to you by Stifle Marson, advertising, marketing, and design. A full-service agency specializing in manufacturing and industry. Branding, web development, SEO, brochures, PR, and more. Learn more at wegetmfg.com. You are listening to Manufacturing Revival Radio. Spotlighting the innovation, the business savvy, and the entrepreneurial spirit of manufacturers from here at home and around the world. Celebrate the can-do spirit that is bringing manufacturing back. And now, here are your hosts, Todd Schnick and Todd Youngblood. Good morning, and welcome back to Manufacturing Revival Radio. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Todd Youngblood. Todd, we've interviewed some really interesting organizations doing some pretty interesting things. Today's show is going to, I'm really looking forward to this. We're going to learn something really interesting today, I think. I, I want to learn more about the product. We don't often focus on the actual thing that's getting manufactured. It's more, typically we're focused on how it, it all gets done. But the process, I, I want to talk manufa- about the product itself well, today. the product itself sounds to, sounds like it's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, before we do that, though, a quick shout-out to our sponsor today, Georgia Association Manufacturers. I love these guys. I do, too. I mean, they're just smack-dab focused on something that's critically important, in my humble opinion, to the whole economy. I mean, the whole U.S. economy has got to have a strong manufacturing base, period. And Roy and the guys over there are doing an awesome job. Well, the good news has been, Todd, that we've been talking to a lot of Georgia-based organizations, and manufacturing is doing pretty darn good here in the state of Georgia. So It's like a secret. I don't understand it. Well, that's why we're doing what we're doing, because oh, that story needs to I be forgot. told. Well, today's guest, who we referenced earlier, is with us. His name is Mike Anderson. He is the Vice President of Operations with Tenkata Protective Fabrics. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. Thanks for making some time to join us. Before we get into Tenkata, take a second and tell us a little bit about you and your background. Basically, I've been in textiles for about 35 years. Graduated from the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina. Ah, after <laughs> After uh, graduating from there, I decided I was going to go into some sort of field, obviously. And I really was intrigued by manufacturing. So joined Burlington Industries, went there for several years, jumped around to different companies. And basically 20 years ago, came into the protective fabrics world with Southern Mills, who was later purchased by Tenkata in 2004. Well, tell us about Tenkata Protective Fabrics. What do you do? How do you serve your market? Tenkata Protective Fabrics is basically the world's largest manufacturer of protective fabrics. They've served numerous areas, including the petrochemical, mining, the military, looking at the entire industrial base. Uh, We are constantly looking at new products, new ways to protect people worldwide. Obviously, the world has gotten a little crazier over the last few years. There are a lot more hazards out there, and so companies and countries are looking at new ways to protect employees or their citizens. And Tenkata does a fantastic job of doing this through a numerous array of products that also serve the fire industry, or the ER as we call it. That industry, we actually have about 80% of the coverage here in the U.S. as firefighters, which are obviously key to everybody. Without a firefighter, you just think of what could go on throughout the world, because firefighters, not only everybody thinks they just fight just fires, but obviously they go into car accidents or other emergencies, and we provide the protective clothing that they're required to do their job day in and day out. Well, as I was talking, I'm really intrigued 
intrigued by the whole product. And I'm preparing for this interview was trying to think of the ugliest situation that a fabric could protect somebody. And certainly fire is a big one. But there's got to be military applications and military products you have that, that are amazing. I'm curious what they there are. There are. And we were able to develop a product several years ago. It was called Defender M, being used in theater by the Marines and the Army. This particular product was really developed because there were such severe burns that were occurring through IEDs. And obviously, burn is a horrible thing to work through or get over. So anything we can do to improve that, we will. But at the same time, this particular product has saved numerous lives and obviously reduced the number of burns considerably. It's still being used today. We're manufacturing today. Obviously, most of this is going into Afghanistan. But again, it's a key part of the U.S. military. and It's a product that's not only lightweight, but it protects the soldier as well, which is obviously extremely key. Well, you focus really on three main verticals, defense and tactical and emergency response, as you mentioned. You also do a lot of industrial safety. Talk about some of the things you're doing in that vertical. Industrial safety, obviously, you have two main areas. You have flash fire that can occur if you're in a working environment, obviously, into a situation where you're maybe in a petrochemical plant. Or you can have an arc flash, an electrical plant, or even working on electrical boxes, and all of a sudden you see a flash come over, and you need that protection. So it's a quick, even the flash fires can be very quick, but for that moment, and maybe it's two, three, four, five seconds, you need that protection to obviously mitigate any kind of burns that you may have on your body. It's very important to protect the people, and that's what we do so well. We look at different products, we find different products, and we really are constantly trying to develop a new, better, lighter weight products that allow us to make sure we're get providing the best protection at the lowest cost to our customers worldwide. Well, Mike, in terms of looking for new products, when I think, I'll take a couple of steps back, and I think of textile manufacturing in the United States and Georgia specifically, nobody does that. <laughs> okay, so obviously you guys did something right and saw a market. Talk about how you went from the textile industry that really plummeted, especially here in Georgia, to being as successful as you are with this protective well, focus. Well, basically, you know, Southern Mills, who was the company prior to Tenkata buying them in 2004, moved into protective fabrics in the 60s. And it was strictly for the fact that DuPont had come up with a particular fiber called Nomex, and they were trying to find the fit. The fit ended up being that they thought that we did a lot of laundry. We do a lot of fabric here type products which go into laundries they came to us and said hey maybe this is really good it's heat resistant it's something you can use we looked at it and we said it's really kind of expensive for that particular market so we continued looking at it and really found out it was a great product that would provide protection obviously that was really the first inherent fiber that was available on the market we developed it we learned how to spin it we learned how to weave it we learned how to dye and finish it prior to anybody else and it's made us who we are today obviously since that time we're now running probably close to 28 to 30 different different fibers the fiber have uh, the fiber industry has exploded in fr uh, products i think every year somebody comes up with a new and different fiber we're constantly looking at those but we've really learned how to put the fibers together what works well what can give you the best protection what can make sure it's comfortable make sure it's durable all the factors that are key to the end user for comfort and protection those are really what they're looking for just like all of us when when we wear clothes or whatever we are we're looking for comfort we're looking for something that is fashionable and it's hard to make a protective fabric fashionable but we offer a lot of different shades so they can do different things with them but more importantly they want something that's going to protect them something that will last and something that again is lightweight but also economical as well you blew our minds pre-show and set a new manufacturing revival record when we uh, learned that Tenkata is 308 year old company and that is that's mind-boggling it's older than the u.s which is really cool obviously uh the 
products that you have marketed and sold over the years has, has it changed? I think you said one of the initial products was sales for ships, I suspect. Fascinating. Uh, for an organization to have that type of duration, there's obviously a real spirit of innovation in the company. And, and it sounds like with some of the products that you're putting out now and these protective fabrics and all that, how big of a job, how much time do you spend overseeing this process of research and development and innovation. Talk about that a bit. Okay, well, we have a product innovation group that works diligently worldwide, talking to end users, trying to understand what our customers really are looking for. The next generation, new protection. As I said earlier, looking at new fibers or different fibers, how can they react? How can we make a better, lighter weight product? Through that, obviously, with Tenkata being 308 years old, but they basically have redefined themselves, I guess is the best word, over these years. You know, at one time, they did make a lot of commodity or niche markets or serve those markets. And over time, they said, hey, let's look at niche textiles. And through that, you obviously have a lot of innovation. And when you look at all our different divisions that we operate in, that innovation is key. What we do every day is we're looking at how our products can interact and how they can make a difference. Constantly this year, we've come up with just four or five new products. You know, we have a Millennia XTL, which serves the fire service industry. Again, a lightweight version that provides really better protection of what we've seen in the past. We have the knits. You know, everybody's looking at knits and comfort. Now we all of a sudden are offering TechaSafe Plus knits. It's a polo or jersey product, Swiss bouquet, that obviously gives a tremendous amount of protection and also has the comfort that we're looking for on a day-to-day basis. Again, a lot of this is going to be used in the electrical lines. We're hoping to use it some in the fire service side, at least for station wear. But as we look at the, these particular products, we're even now moving into a glove uh, manufacturing where we're making guns that are used by, uh, it's not called shooting enthusiasts, but I guess it's uh, people who do target practice or enjoy the hunting side of it. These gloves can be worn. They're unique. They give the protection on the hand. It's something new for us. We've never entered the glove market before. Obviously, the military has a large glove market. But again, a protective product that provides protection for the hands. Most of what we do is obviously for the body itself. We're not dealing in footwear. We're not dealing in as far as headgear of any type. We do do balaclavas, which are the hood product you'll see a lot of military people in, even firefighters. We do make that particular product. But again, what we're doing day in and day out is primarily outerwear. The newer phase i guess as we're getting into it is some of the undergarments we do make a product for the military it's a protective undergarment basically a ballistic type product again they can wear to to protect them not only in an ied but also again as you're you get into a flammability situation or you get into a blast situation it helps give some protection so the protective market is changing every single day i mean you think of just the turnout gear maybe a firefighter wears that's what everybody sees day in day out but you don't think of all the technology that goes into all the different garments that an individual wears from socks i mean all the way up to headgear it's changing it's a challenging area but at the same time i think our innovation group is leading the way have been leading the way and it really is what makes us a market leader all right we'll be back with mike anderson after this short the georgia association of manufacturers represents georgia manufacturers in legislative regulatory and public relations matters founded in 1900 GAM also provides seminars, services, and guidance to manufacturers on a wide range of issues, including human resources, workforce development, public utility rates and energy, safety and health, employee benefits, environmental quality, and taxation. 
Active membership in GAM is open to all businesses in Georgia that are engaged in manufacturing. Learn more at GAMFG.org. That's GAMFG.org. All right, and we're back with Mike Anderson, Vice President of Operations of Tenkata Protective Fabrics. Before the break, you were talking about innovation in the context of the products you're developing. And, and I mean, what, I've got six or seven questions about the different products you went. But I want to go in a little different direction. Talk about the innovation in the manufacturing process itself. I mean, that's got to be maybe even more complex than some of the products that you're coming up with. It is. And when you look at it, you know, most, when you think of a spinning plant, somebody's making yarn, they may be running one, two, three different fibers. And maybe even the blends might be four or five blends. Again, when you're running almost 30 different fibers, you're running hundreds of different blends, it complicates the process. The fortunate part for us is we have tremendous people at our locations throughout Georgia, really throughout the U.S. We use a lot of subcontractors to help us as well. Our plants are full. They're running four shift operations, which is fantastic. We've been able to continue this for years and it's an important part of what we do and how we do it but again as far as what we do in those facilities we try to always use state-of-the-art equipment we do have even robots that do our mixing of dyes and chemicals for us again a unique area and a change from the old textile industry but even beyond that when you look at obviously in our dyeing and finishing area we're using a lot of water our water is all recycled it's recycled through mother earth basically it's a unique process it's been awarded nine times the best las system or land application system in the state of georgia and again that's something we give back to uh, our communities in which we live and serve we provide a protective fabric for the end users around the world but we also want to do the right things in the communities in which we operate and i think we've done a tremendous job of that trying to give back to communities but also protect the land in which we operate on it's got to be very rewarding to know that you're protecting these people doing very very important and incredible work that's got to be satisfying the problem is your stuff works so you never get recognition (laughs) because it's the story's works you know what i'm talking about talk about let's go up to ten thousand feet a little bit mike and let's talk about the textile industry in georgia as a whole What's your take there? Is, is it improving? The job's coming back? And, uh, what do you see happening in the next couple of years? I have heard more and more about jobs coming back. Some of that is just lead time of bringing goods back to the U.S. But obviously with trade agreements that we have in some situations, it's, it's better when you do offshoring of maybe cutting and sewing and things of that nature. I don't really see that coming back. See some additional weaving of some yarn capacity coming back. But again, I think most companies that are out there that have been serving the basic polycotton businesses are now looking at protective fabrics or, or technic, technical textiles. And they're doing that because obviously it's a growing area. It's an area in which you can serve. It's an area that you have to be rapid to the market. You have to have innovation because people will not continue to accept what you've done year after year. And so as they look at that, they try to look at what can we do to play in that field. Uh, Again, we remain the market leader, and we are committed to remain that market leader as we move forward. And it's critical to do that not only through the innovation side, but it's through the people that we have. And we have been very fortunate in our facilities. We have extremely low turnover. And again, we just have super people that through the state of Georgia, we've been able to further develop. We've used technical colleges. We've used the GAM group as far as educating and getting our people their skills be built to really where they can support what we're doing day in and day out but at the same time I think Georgia in itself the textile industry obviously has 
diminished quite a bit over the last few years. I think the ones that are here today are strong. They continue to move forward, and they're playing in a lot of different fields. For us, the protected market is where we want to be, is what we do very well, and we've really found our success to be in these niche-type markets in Tenkata and not playing in the commodity side of it. Mike, you touched a little bit on the, the global nature of Tenkata. Obviously, a Dutch company. You're in the U.S. I think you said most of the operations are in the U.S., but you've got subcontractors, which I assume are scattered all over the planet. Talk a little bit about the challenges along with the necessity of just having this global focus. Okay. The subcontractors really are mostly here in the U.S., actually, and it's where we have filled our capacity up. We have now started out going out and using other companies. We have some great partners throughout the U.S. that have served us extremely well in all different areas. Obviously, the global side is something that we're continuing to expand in. Our international sales continue to expand, and we've done quite a bit in South America but we're really now looking at Asia, we're looking at the Middle East, we're trying to grow this market, and it's surprising when you look at it, because you think, okay, some of these markets, are they really going to be involved in protective clothing? Some of these third world areas, are they really concerned about it? But they are, and we're starting to see growth in these markets, because people look at it, and they find out, obviously, if they can protect their individual employees, then they're better off in the long run. So we're seeing growth in those areas. We're putting a lot of effort in the international sales front. And for Tenkata itself, they are doing that worldwide on all of our major markets that we service. But for protective fabrics, we're seeing good growth, and I think we'll continue to see that, not only in the commercial side, which, again, is the ER or FR side that you're thinking of industrial, but also the military side, helping support those functions around the world wherever we have allies to the U.S. You mentioned and referenced your innovation focus uh, earlier in the show, and a lot of the organizations that we talk to on this show talk about the struggle they have in finding skilled labor and skilled talent to come in and do what manufacturing is now is a very technical and complicated process. It's not uh, the old blue-collar screwing tops on on bottoms anymore. Does Tenkata struggle with the finding skilled employees for the functions that you need to fill? We've, again, been very fortunate. In the cities in which we operate and the areas in which we operate, we've been very, very fortunate to find extremely good people. And what you find mostly with people is, in today's world, people enjoy the manufacturing side. They want to be involved in it, but they also want to obviously be appreciated for what they do, and they want to be able to know they're making a difference somewhere. I'll share a a story real quick with you uh, back after 9-11. One of our key uh, customers is a company that makes turnout gear for the New York Fire Department. Obviously, after 9-11, a tragic situation, a great deal of loss of life, we received an order for quite a bit of fabric that we knew was going to replace the gear that was lost in that tragic event. And everybody at all the facilities got behind that endeavor and made sure that we were putting the best product forward, obviously. Not that we wouldn't do it day in and day out, but obviously that had a special meaning for us. It's the same thing you see and hear of families that have loved ones serving overseas. When you hear these stories, and obviously throughout the U.S. you've heard more and more of them, you'll hear these families talk about how they're missing their loved ones, and they want them to come back. And the feeling that we know that we're providing a product that will help in that endeavor. We make sure that we provide something day in and day out that they know that can protect their loved ones if they come in harm's way of a flash fire or an IED or any of the tragic events that can occur. That makes us obviously feel better about what we do, how we do it, and it's really about saving lives. I mean, day in and day out, you look at a fire or a situation, they say, you know, this particular building burned up and there were no injuries. You have firefighters in there. Firefighters in the U.S. will go into buildings where a lot of the world, they don't. They fight it from outside. When they go 
inside the building, they obviously have a high risk. And by having that hard protection, that good protection that will give them the ability to fight the fire and then return home later that day makes all of us feel better about what we do. Well, I'll tell you, I was just thinking about return on investment was one of the questions I want to ask you, and I'm not even going to ask it. When you when you put things in that kind of context, I mean, the return on investment is, I mean, you're, you're allowing firefighters to go into a burning building. I mean, my gosh, I don't even want to put the numbers on. You can't, <laughs> you can't put the numbers on that. You mentioned something earlier about your use of robotics, and I'm fascinated by robots and vision systems and 3D printing. Talk about some more of the technology you're using in your manufacturing process and what you see coming next in that regard. Again, When we have, in any of our plants, we're trying to find different ways to make products and make fibers, or excuse me, make yarns and make fabrics. And as you do that, you're constantly looking at different weaves, you're looking at different yarn counts, and newer and different ways to dye and finish fabric. As we do that, there are obviously a lot of systems that have been brought forward. As I talked about earlier, the robotics that are involved in the the mixing the dyes and chemicals, but also high-speed looms, ability to run fibers that we've never been able to run before through spinning frames. It's a constant challenge it's a constant change but at the same time we try to work very closely with the manufacturers they are manufactured all over the world this equipment we are very proud that we have uh, all of our dyeing equipment has been made in the u.s that's again unique for that market but at the same time there are a lot of this industry that is developed worldwide and we try to make sure we understand what the next thing is really is coming down the road and how we can benefit from it to make our product better than what it was today at the top of the show mike i mentioned our sponsor the georgia association of manufacturers and i understand that tenkata is a is a member of that association why does an organization such as tenkata protective fabrics belong to an association such as that i think the gam provides a tremendous benefit to all manufacturers here in the state of georgia goes back to history of this organization and i came to georgia textile industry in 1987 immediately was introduced to this group roy and his group have just been fantastic clay liz the whole group up there is they're always willing to help you. You run into a problem, you run into a situation, you need to talk to somebody at the state capitol, they can make it happen. They're always willing to try to just pave roads for you. And the other thing I think more importantly is you have the interaction with different industries. You know, textiles is one side of it, obviously, but we have a lot of other industries in it. And you can learn from that. I think as you go out and you share ideas and you share situations, then you become a better company, a better manufacturer. And through that, they bring everybody together to make sure that we're all understanding what's going on, what's changing not only in Georgia, but through the national efforts as well, and really trying to make us all better manufacturers, better people, and I think we are. I think they provide the training uh, to our associates. Uh, We constantly are sending people to different seminars that they offer or different conferences, and through that, I think we all have been better served through the GAM. Well, on that note, Mike, uh, we're out of time. Before we let you go, how can people get in touch with you, and where can they learn more about Tenkata Protective Fabrics? Obviously, great world of the World Wide Web. You go to www.tenkata, and you can really see all the products that we make. We're located out of Union City, our, our main office here in the U.S. We have plants, like I said, around Georgia. And, of course, you can contact me if you have any questions at m.anderson at tenkata.com, and we'll be more than happy to fill any questions or provide any information that anybody would like to have more about not only Tenkata, but also, more importantly, the products we make day in and day out. Mike Anderson, Vice President of Operations for Tenkata Protective Fabrics. It was great to have you. Thank you for the good work you do protecting our soldiers and our first responders and those making cool things. Appreciate the opportunity, and thank you all very much. And someday.
Dreamland Radio will be 308 years old, too. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. All right. Well, that wraps this episode. On behalf of our guest, Mike Anderson, my co-host, Todd Youngblood, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Manufacturing Revival Radio. (laughs) 